Hey, thanks for joining us today uh, to have a conversation leading up to our World Missions Conference. Our theme this year is Planting Gospel Seeds Together, and a beautiful story about planting gospel seeds together comes with our connection to uh, Argentina uh, through missions, both short-term trips and a strategic partnership, and our connection to Club Nathan uh, here in Memphis. So I want you to hear the story from uh, the people whose story it is to tell. Uh, so who you will be listening to are Willie Baldwin, the Assistant Executive Director at Icon Ministries, as well as the Director of Club Nathan and the Founder of Club Nathan. Marcelo Robles, Senior Pastor of La Misión Church in Buenos Aires, Argentina. He has five distinct campuses uh, in as a part of La Misión and is a church planter. Chuck Ellingsworth, Senior Vice President at Raymond James, as well as uh, a deacon at our church and somebody who's been at the heart of this story uh, from the very beginning, and, and Howard Graham, who has some really impactful things to say here and has been at the heart of both of these relationships uh, from the get-go. He is Executive Director at the Center Memphis and an elder at our church. Thanks. Enjoy this conversation and be blessed by it. Howard, maybe you can start us off and turn it to Chuck. And what first got you connected to Argentina, something that you learned and how that started your relationship with Willie. Sure. Um, we uh, were newly married and new back in Memphis. I was back in Memphis. My wife was uh, here for the first time and she was a new believer. was a believer just before we got married. And she had been to Guatemala pre uh, meeting the Lord. And uh, she had seen the children and the colors and on a photography expedition. And uh, she knew the minute she really knew God, that she wanted to go back and she wanted to meet the children in, in a redeemed state. And she wanted to give them hope. Uh, and so we, uh, soon after we got married, our first world mission conference, that would have been probably the O2 conference and uh, 2002. And we said, well, we want to go on a trip and we want to go to Guatemala, of course. And uh, Ron Sadlow, who led missions at the time and uh, Bill Martin, who led Argentina, were as a, as a partnership, we're heading up a trip a vision trip that might uh, connect us better and deeper in the future. And uh, I said, well, let's go, let's go on a trip where there's a partnership and where we already know people and where we can support those people uh, on the ground and people we already know. And so uh, Kimberly was excited about that. And we went uh, with a group of uh, leaders and that was life-changing meeting uh, Marcelo and the work he did there, uh, understanding uh, from the way they worshiped uh, to small groups, uh, to the even the, the, some micro enterprise things are involved at the time. Just how God was working through pain and suffering, and uh, worship, and us knowing Him better. And uh, so we did. We were we were changed by it uh, forever. And our commitment was uh, to go again and to lead a trip of couples. Uh, if, if we go this time, we would you, would you lead a trip? And so uh, we agreed to do that. And little did we know it at that time. Uh, every time we go on a mission trip or almost every time we have a baby and we had, we were blessed with a child uh, right at that time. Uh, so we won't disclose any more details, but we will say that Kimberly was not able to go on that trip, but a group of couples were including uh, Chuck um, and it changed our lives from there too. And, uh, but I, I'm going to turn it, let Chuck have it 
and uh, we'll come back to some, some of what Kimberly did. Awesome, Howard. Uh, yeah, my wife, uh, Laurie, and I, we were one of those couples, uh, newly married and in marriage 101, and just um, saw Howard's and Kimberly's excitement coming back, and, um, you know, the Lord urged us to to jump on, and um, we didn't know anything really about Argentina. Um, you know, candidly, we didn't know much about world missions, uh, but just the excitement. Um, you know, we, we raised our hand with some other couples, and and I, I think it changed um, our Christian walk, um, continues to change our Christian walk, just the perspective of going on uh, that initial trip, which led to, to additional trips. Um, but, uh, you know, just having the influence for a short period of time of Marcelo and the, the ministry. And specifically um, on the initial trip, I remember the, the ministry under the bridge, uh, which was uh, providing essentially a, a soup kitchen for folks that, uh, that were living essentially on dirt and, and were hungry. And, and, um, and Marcelo, you know, met those needs and not only the needs of their body, but spiritually. And, and to see those folks, uh, come to church and to to worship the Lord. Um, it, it really, you know, coming back to to Memphis opened my eyes and, and really taught me so much that I think I had a narrow view. I did have a narrow view of the gospel of something that was just inside the walls of of second and and you know to be on that trip to to have the Lord open my eyes saying the gospel is so 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 much bigger. Um, you don't have to, you have brothers and sisters in Christ that don't look like you, that don't speak the same language as you. Um, it, it just, it was just eye opening. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll pause there. And, and, but ultimately that led us to, um, you know, to not only from one unbelievable man in Marcelo, but in Memphis that led a group of us to uh, Sue Campbell, uh, which is, I mean, I can't tell you the amount of, um, gratitude I have for Soup, as well as Marcel to pour in our lives. But Soup had uh, just recently met up with Willie Baldwin, and um, and Chad. I'll, I'll turn it back over. Uh, that's a that's a perfect spot that I want to come back to, Chuck Marcelo. Uh, you've invested in the relationship with Second Prize um, for thirty years or more, uh, so. Can you talk to us a little bit as you're seeing these, you've met uh, Howard, you've met Chuck and Laurie, people are coming down. How are you investing in the short-term um, partnerships with Second Press and using that for, for your ministry? Well, um, we've, uh, we've uh, been very much empowered uh, by the relationship with uh, Second Press and um, one of the things that we have uh, committed early on in our relationship is that uh, every time we would cross paths, we would cross our um, ministries, uh, it would be uh, uh, an opportunity to build the kingdom. Uh, I know that it's, it might be obvious what I'm saying, but, you know, many times... Uh, in, in other contexts could be the temptation of just uh, having a time of, okay, let's do something for doing something and uh, keep people busy and from one side and the other. But I guess the secret of our relationship, it's been 
at least on our side, uh, to be committed to, uh, okay, let's work together, uh, building the kingdom and following a vision the Lord has placed in our hearts. And so every time uh, we would engage into a, uh, in, a, in a mission trip, uh, we would, you know, try to build a, a, a project that would be very much in line with, uh, with uh, what's in our hearts in terms of the vision. And, uh, and you understood that very well. Uh, and so that, that, that came as a, as a key point, I would say, in, in the, in the long-term relationship. It's just like that honesty of saying, okay, let's build the kingdom together. And, uh, and so that's, that's, I would say that's mainly uh, one of the, for me, one of the key, the key elements in our relationship. Marcelo, you're the senior pastor of La Mision. Um, and you, you have a, a lot of church plants, but you have for La Mision five different campuses uh, and a lot of diversity within those in Buenos Aires. So can you talk to us about kind of the importance of diversity in your congregation, how you've uh, talked to us about that as well? Yeah, we, we, we have a, you know, a posture uh, that uh, the Lord has uh, building our hearts throughout the years, and and that's that's an emphasis on diversity. Uh, that 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 is key for uh, for our context. I guess is is key for any context historically and geographically. Uh, in in our city, more and more we see the divisions uh, uh, and uh, the places that you know you see certain pockets that are opposed to others and socially, economically. And, uh, and so we figured that God, in, in God's grace, the community God was calling us to, to build uh, would have to empower these uh, this kingdom values uh, and diversity is one of them. And so uh, we believe diversity enriches and uh, empowers. And uh, if we are going to build a, an alternative uh, society that's 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 the kingdom of God and uh, we have to go against uh, all the the all all divisions and all uh, uh, separations that that sin uh, produces in in our hearts and socially and so that's that's not only a posture it's a posture in the gospel uh, because the gospel is the only one uh, the only thing that can can do that in our lives, you know, the story of Jesus transform our hearts and uh, approaches uh, and and approaches us to our neighbors uh, from a different uh, perspective. And so uh, that that that's for us a, a key element in 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 the way we see the building of 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 the kingdom in Buenos Aires. Oh, Howard, you're you're coming back hungry. Chuck, you're coming back to Memphis, Hungary. Um, talk to us now about that connection with soup and uh, how that brings us forward with, with Willie and then with Nathan Street. Yeah, you, you know, it, it was just, what can you say? It was a God thing. I mean, the ability to come off um, that trip and within a short period of time um, be introduced to, 
Soup Campbell. Um, it was just unbelievable. And so, um, you know, Soup was looking, it heard that our class was wanting to get more engaged in the city. Um, at the same time, and, and Willie will touch on this, uh, Willie was reconnecting with Soup. Uh, we met up at McAllister's uh, there at Poplar Highland for a sandwich. Um, and I can remember the day so crystal clear, um, telling Laurie that I was going to go and, and hang out with some guys for a little bit and then uh, coming back and giving a report. But we ended up um, going over to Nathan uh, that day. And, and that was the beginning of um, an unbelievable partnership uh, in, in, um, in so much more than partnership, um, but just unbelievable friendship um, from everyone, uh, from with Willie and from everyone involved. And then what is awesome right now, many, many years later, which I know Willie will touch on, is to see the volunteers and to hear about the volunteers that show up and the relationships that are that are being made today um, and uh, what God is doing there in Big Hampton through Willie. Yeah. I mean, like one thing that Marcelo taught us so well is the gospel truth and made so clear. And I, and I tease him about he exaggerated. I think in one, he told us we were, told them we were professionals. And, uh, but in some ways, and I don't know a lot of Spanish, but I, I somehow figured that out. But um, he, we, what's so true is how much of the Bible we know. And then to see it practiced. So one that, you know, we're going to be in heaven with all nations, tribes, tongues, uh, people from all over the world. And these are your brothers you're praying with. And that he talked about diversity in these children, um, you know, the first that early 2000s at trips, we brought shoes every time into and it's cold down there in July and really and wet and wet, dirty feet, uh, getting to sliding them in like Cinderella to, uh, you know, what in from East Memphis is a used pair of shoes and just seeing the joy uh, on the children's faces to be able to do that and to get down in there and, and mix it up with them. Uh, it was just, it was just beautiful. It just changed us. That um, this, we felt more useful. Uh, the entire teams did each time than any, than, than how we felt back at home. And I think that's when Chuck said something like, if we can do this here, why can't, why can't we do it at home? Why can't we do the same thing? Certainly there are kids and maybe they'll say, well, don't go in the world. You have go to world missions. You don't have to, there's plenty to do right here at home. True. But sometimes you have to go that far and be connected back to the scripture that tightly uh, from a pastor like Marcelo, and then know uh, that we can come right back and serve uh, kids that with, with similar uh, but different needs. And um, Willie, there's an introduction to you. Uh, so tell us what was going on in your life at that time, um, and then walk us through how uh, that connection with you has grown into uh, the ministry that it is today. Okay, good. Um, and I, I would say a lot was going on with me at that time, you know, having reconnected with Sue around, you know, late February, February, early March. Um, I had just come from a lifestyle. I mean, literally pretty much maybe two or three days a day before I met this marriage one-on-one class. I just come from a lifestyle of uh, selling drugs, smoking drugs, whoremonger, all those different type of things I was doing. Man, uh, I knew what was going on in my life wasn't right. Like I said, I got connected back with Sue, prayed and repented of my sins. 
and beginning to walk in the direction towards God. And Soup had told me about this marriage one-on-one class, which I didn't know anything about marriage one-on-one or CC class at all, that uh, he wanted me to meet and they had a heart to get involved in being Hampton. So at this time I'm living in this house with uh, which I so blessed by being there and uh, live, living on Nathan Street. And I, I met uh, this group, uh, Marriage One-on-One class at McAllister's. Uh, we sat down and I, and I remember just looking around at the table and I'm like, man, I've never sat at the table with this many white people before in my life. Like it was like, it was something completely different. Uh, but to see the, the love on their face, the, the smiles, they was really into me. Uh, I barely could talk then, you know, I probably made sense maybe 15% of the time because I was nervous and just know what to do. It's a good uh, thing you cut your hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I definitely cut my hair. I had long braids a couple of days before and cut my hair off. And it was crazy. And, and, um, and, and just to see this marriage one-on-one team and uh, we, we talked and uh, began to know, get to know one another. And like Chuck said, it came back to Nathan Street. And they began to look at around in my house, look inside of my house. I didn't have any furniture. Uh, my house needed to be painted. You know, my yard and backyard and stuff. I had was my own, my first backyard I've ever had. First house I've ever lived in by myself. So this team cared enough about me and was like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll provide. You know, they began to round up different people and got furniture, painted, uh, helped with the yard. And so all this stuff went on for a few months, began to check in with me regularly, began to pray. And so I said around summer 2004, we began to pray and ask God what was next uh, on our heart uh, to do in Binghampton. And I shared with the team that God had put on my heart to do a children ministry. And so um, we prayed and, uh, you know, uh, and I, I remember, I, I remember back up a little bit. I remember you got to think about being Hampton at the time was very rough. So when they saw a group of white people at my house, uh, they thought I was what we call the undercover police officer, what they call the narcotic. They thought I was undercover police officer because I was like, how this black guy having all these white people come to his house? This street, Nathan Street, had never had nothing like that to happen. But when they realized that, hey, these people are here to care for the community, of course, a lot began to change. So now they went from, oh, they're not knock. They are people that come and love on, love on the kids in our community. So we, we began to pray this summer and, uh, and, and God put our heart to do a children ministry. I shared it with the team. September 2004 is when we kicked off uh, what we call today Club Nathan. And uh, five kids next door in their house came over to my house at the time, along with the Marriage 101 class. And I remember Chuck uh, giving the first uh, message. Uh, shared, shared a message that night right in the living room and it went great. And so as we began to uh, meet and do ministry uh, from 2004 to about 2006, every other Tuesday night at the time, um, we as we began to boot, you know, be, be boosts on the ground, be in a community, serve, do mission projects, more kids and more family got involved. And we began, we began to quickly outgrow, I would say the living space in my living room at the time. So Eddie Foster, who was the mission director at the time, uh, Second Prayers, got with uh, some different people and some of the marriage one-on-one people. And Eddie asked me, I remember him asking me like yesterday, hey, Willie, what's one of your biggest challenges? And I said, space. 
you know, we have overgrown the space in my living room, which was a 10 by 13 with, you know, 13, 14 kids and 12 or 13 volunteers. We, we over, overgrown the, the, the space has got completely full. We couldn't hardly stand in my living room and do ministry. So it is some leaders. And like I said, marriage one got together talking to people and we talked about building a pavilion in the backyard. But what we have today is a two-story clubhouse and uh, uh, they built that. And, you know, that house, we began to hold 35 kids in the house. So we went from 13, 14 kids on a Tuesday night to about 35 kids in this clubhouse. And so as we continue to do ministry next door, the house I would live to, the house next door to me became available. And so marriage one-on-one guys got together and reformed and started LLC and purchased the house. So that family had moved out. We purchased that house. We had the clubhouse going. So now we was able to do ministry at this house also. So now we went from 35 kids to 55 kids. At this time, we started meeting every Tuesday night. More volunteers from second got involved. I remember Tony Dittman from Campus Outreach bringing uh, some college students in the, in the neighborhood, which was great to see. They got involved again to help out uh, and took on a Tuesday night by themselves. So you see as his ministry began to grow and thrive through prayer and through volunteers, through consistency, to, through people being faithful. And um, so we knew we needed to continue to do other things in the neighborhood. So uh, Brian Moke and some guys got together and put uh, on what we call the Willie back then, a three-on-three basketball tournament, raised enough money to, and, um, to put a basketball court in the backyard. So now we got clubhouse, the house next door, a basketball court, open grass. So when kids come on a Tuesday night, they can have all the fun they can have. And it was it was amazing. So uh, pre-COVID, like I said, we we had up to 65 kids that could meet on the Tuesday night. Uh, you know, we're doing it virtually now. Uh, and, 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 it, and it was great. It was it was great. So, man, I, a lot of lives have been impacted beyond Tuesday's night, beyond Tuesday nights, I should say. We've had families from Marriage 101, which is mostly Acts 242 now, begin to mentor some of the families. And some of the kids they have mentored have gone out to college and they're doing good in life. So this has been a neat, inspiring, and great experience to be a part of. I mean, these men and these women from Second Prayers have really, I would say, impacted my life. Um, and they are still impacting my life, impacting the community, uh, impacting family. Families here, so many volunteers from second, um, they own life have been impacted. You know, they're driving on a Tuesday night to uh, bring their families to be a part of something great. It's not just them come, they brought their own kids. You know, there was trusting in God for their safety, even with their brought their own kids, uh, just to be able to impact the lives of these kids in the community. So uh, like I said, it, it's been a great and a neat thing to, to see and be a part of in my life today is still uh, is still different just because of uh, the, the relationship that was developed uh, 16 years ago. How are you um, and, and the other, I guess, people who started this relationship uh, inviting the Sunday school class at Second Prez of 242 to get involved with Nathan? Um, you know, constantly. <laughs> I mean, man, uh, persistently. I mean, when you are changed by something, uh, you want everybody else to experience it. I mean, I think that's why people put stickers on the back of their cars. Uh, but when you when it's when it's gospel centric and you're seeing lives changed, um, 
how much more than a sticker? And so, come on, we're experiencing this. We've been changed by it. And we get to know God better because when you, when you go out to serve somebody else, you have to know him. Uh, for Chuck to give that first talk, for us to give talks, uh, for my wife who develops a lot of the uh, smaller kids' curriculums, we had to learn things better. We had to know God better to teach God, uh, to teach the ways of Christ. Uh, which is exactly what we learned in Argentina, which is exactly and split up and serve. Um, and so we were, we were, and also uh, it was impacting our small groups. Where we were working, we were developing into small groups as a class uh, because we'd learned that better in Argentina, how the relationships are tighter and life on life. And then let's go serve together uh, because that's where real meaning uh, can happen and serving alongside each other. Uh, you learn a lot about each other. And so it just, help the whole gospel experience and enrich our lives. And so, of course, we wanted everybody to join all the time. We gave all sorts of pressure and manipulation to join all for their own good, of course. But, yeah, you know, it's really uh, interesting. Uh, after my first trip down to Buenos Aires, where I, I basically just translated, I had somebody, uh, they've, they've since moved to Oxford, Mississippi, but this was Doug Paul. You guys know Doug well, uh, who just said, um, hey, Chad, you're going to, you're, you're going to help me today. He just basically said, I'm swinging by your house. You're going to help me drive these kids to a baseball game. Um, and, uh, he, he, he just didn't give me an option. He was like, okay, great. You, you just spent a week of, uh, uh you know, seeing people really serve their community. Now I'm going to have you come serve the community with me. And that, that, that day I met Willie um, and uh, we, we picked up some kids on, on Nathan and drove them to a baseball game and, you know, shared some hot dogs and uh, some good times. And yeah. It, You're grateful it, for a strong it, hand, aren't you? <laughs> it's interesting all the ways that you can um, get people involved. So Willie, as, as I often think about a connection to uh, from from world missions to Nathan on, on Nathan and world missions uh, is heavily connected in, in my mind. But what's really cool is uh, you've grown in, in your relationship with the Lord and in leadership. How have you since uh, gotten involved with world missions and how is that now impacting your growth? Uh, but I, I will say, um... I really didn't know uh, at the time, I didn't know much about mission, no more than what I heard or, you know, what I said, I seen on TV, uh, but to, to go for myself years ago, uh, my world was rocked. You know, um, you know, my mindset was uh, I'm about to go over here and, and, and make a change and help these people. But I realized the change was made within me. You know, I realized God changed my life. <clears throat> by what I saw over there in the condition of the people and how he gave me uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the authority to go and witness. You know, I, I'm reminded of Acts 1-8 when he said, but you will receive uh, power uh, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you know, and you will be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, which is your near people, uh, but also Judea, Samaria, and in the, in the, in the, uh, into the ends of the earth, or to the uttermost parts of the earth depending on what translation you read. So not only doing mission and being happening in, 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 on Tuesday night or Nathan Street, but also continue the same missions overseas, continue to go share the gospel, continue to 
train, help train pastors and leaders in the stand of disciple making. So I would say for me, it, it really uh, turned the light bulb on for me in my mind and my heart because I, I didn't know anything about that. So I wanted to uh, learning what I've learned overseas and coming back, uh, being able to take some of the mission trip pictures and stories and share it with even the kids uh, on Nathan Street, who some of the kids have probably never, some have never even been, but to even help them see, you know, what's going on across the world, you know, outside just your, just your own community. So I would say for me, uh, it, it, it really uh, changed my life. Uh, you know, from, you know, from the inside out, but also uh, it's changed so that we helped in 2009, we helped kids get passports and get their shots and things like that. And we took kids on mission trips. So we wanted them to see it for themselves and they saw it. And from the airplane ride to the landing, they was blown away. Uh, and even them themselves coming back saying, wow, now, you know, I, I see how grateful, you know, how, or how, how ungrateful I've been, you know, when it comes to my parents giving me this or giving me that. Now that I go to Honduras or Haiti and I see the living condition and lifestyle of some of these kids and families over, over there, now I can be more grateful. You know, I can be grateful for just clean water. You know, uh, some places they, we take these kids, they, they saw this for themselves. It wasn't clean water over there. So it gave them a different perspective for themselves, sort of like me. I had to go see it for myself. And then that's when the change was made. So the, in the same way, wanted to do the exact same thing for them. And, and, and you know, their lives were changed. And so using this neighborhood as a spring and board for world impact and uh, having gone on plenty of mission trips and leading one mission trip for myself, I would say it, it's done a lot, you know, for me. I appreciate that uh, because I think it's as a part of this story uh, that sometimes I tell on your behalf to other people, uh, I think there's this amazing symbiosis of, well, people were inspired through a short-term mission trip. Um, you were being led by the Lord to, to start this ministry and over time and praying with people um, and impacted Memphis. And then it's going back out to uh, the other parts of the world. Again, I just think it's a really neat tie. Um, well, so I asked Marcella to talk about diversity a little bit, uh, Willie, I'd, I'd like you to talk about um, uh, leadership in Memphis and uh, how one of the things we really respect is following your leadership and um, how that impacts the African-American community uh, here in Memphis. So can you talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, being an African-American leader in Memphis, leading a bunch of white folks? Yeah, I would say it's it's uh, it, it's different. Um, and, and first, early on, um, you know, when you talk about Memphis, you know, and, you know, people that are listening to this, uh, they they just need to get real. When you talk about Memphis, you talk about a city where it's it's, it's based a lot of racism going on, and a lot of black leadership is not even even thought about here in Memphis. You know, early on, maybe something that's changing has changed over the years. I'm speaking about early on. So to, to have such a, a group of uh, white people that I didn't know who don't, I think Chuck said earlier, who don't, uh, who don't think like me, who don't look like me, who don't act like me, who don't vote like me, be, being able to experience the, 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 the relationship and then be, being able to experience that at the time, I couldn't really understand it. 
but I saw their heart completely for Jesus. And I know it was only Jesus for them to follow my leadership because they was following somebody who at the time, I didn't know too much about what I was doing. So they was only there to provide, to provide resources, love, care, advice, but yet and still and all, they would still say that we are coming under Willie's leadership. And, and I think even for the neighborhood, they was blown away. Even for some of the people that was coming to some of the meetings, I remember Tony Deming asking me, I just want to throw his name out there. He asked me, he said, man, he even said when he came to the first Nathan Street advisory meeting that we had some time ago, he and I talked uh, on the side, he's like, man, I, I, this is great to have people like that just under your leadership. You know, that, that's, that's not, that's different. You know, we're talking about back in 2007 when we had this conversation. So, I would say it's been a, it's been great to experience and see, but I can say that it, it hasn't all been cookies and cream. You know, there's things that they shared with me or told me that I didn't like, but it only it was better for me when I thought about it years later. It was only made things better for me because at the time I wasn't mature enough to receive it, but man, it only made my relationship better uh, with them along the line. So the diversity of the leadership the diversity of coming on Tuesday night and for the neighborhood to see that, for the kids to experience that, I would say it was, uh, and it still is amazing. You know, kids need to love on people that don't look like them. Kids need to experience love from people who don't sound like them. I would say the kids in being help, they need that. And like I said, for me, I needed that too. So it, it was completely different, Chad. And um, like I said, it's, it still blows me away today that uh, this is just me talking, Willie talking that, the kind of person I am and the men and women that uh, has came under my leadership have humbled themselves. That's where I, you humble themselves. You show, you see true humility with them to even do that. And I know in most cases, you're not going to get too many white people to follow black leadership in Memphis. And it's not foreign. It's just reality. It's real. You're not going to get that. And then when you get that, man, it's, 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 it's it just amazing. To me, it's just amazing. And it's continuing to humble me enough to say, I need to be on my game and I need to be more on my game if they're going to be following my leadership to make sure I am leading them in a way that Christ wants me to. Amen. So you are a great leader, Willie, and uh, we uh, appreciate your leadership. Um, so and, and, and it hadn't all been 100%. I've messed up a lot. But these guys have shown me men of much love. I've messed up a whole lot. And I still messed up today. But they still have shown me a lot of love in there. I just wanted to add that. Maybe Marcelo, um, if you could give us a word, whether it's a, a word from the Lord, whether it's tied to the scripture or, or what God leads you to, but about how you view world missions and living life on a mission in your own city. There has to be a, a way of, uh, of a continual renewal uh, in your heart in order to do something uh, for a long term. And I guess, uh, you know, you need commitment, you need a vision, but, uh, and you can do that out, out of, sometimes out of your own strength. But in order for you to, for us to be, uh, impact, you know, to, to make an impact, uh, and and uh, to see lives and hearts being changed, uh, there has to be a way of uh, 
us uh, working on a renewal of our hearts uh, on a personal way, on a, on a daily, on a daily, uh, on a daily walk. Sometimes it's very hard. I think that's the hardest part of all. Um, but but that 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 uh, helps us to, in, in, at least in, in our in our context, has helped us to to keep uh, uh, the heart and, and and the motivation fresh to serve the Lord. Uh, I remember one time my dad was driving me uh, to to the university in, in town in, in Buenos Aires, and he was a church planter for at that time for thirty years already. And he went on for 20 more years. And uh, I was, you know, in my 20s or I was like 19 years old. And he said, he said to me, I'm going to give you a secret. Uh, if you want to, you know, be consistent in your ministry, uh, find a way to renew your hearts before the Lord every day. And, uh, and that's the times I failed uh, have been many. Uh, and mostly it's because I lost that sense of worship uh, and sense of uh, awe before God. And I think, uh, you know, this, this huge, amazing uh, vision of, 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 of the kingdom of God and the possibility of us uh, working for his kingdom and, uh, and seeing world missions and seeing mission uh, done in our own context or in our own city and neighborhood has this this key element that is uh, never lose sight of of the cross in your own heart and life and, uh, and so I would say that's that's for me uh, a key balance needed uh, and I, I've seen that in our partnership throughout the years uh, we've gone through a lot and uh by God's grace, every time uh, it's something new is coming, and, and 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 we see that renewal in the gospel, in our relationships, and I think that's the fruit of us, of us, us searching for for that that renewal uh, uh, in a consistent way. You know, by God's grace. <laughs> All right, thank you, uh, and. Uh, I think I want to close us with one last comment. I'll turn it to you guys too, if you have anything else you want to say. But uh, when we were talking about this last week, uh, I was, I think it was Matt Gandy actually, who said um, one of the things that Sue Campbell had commented to this group of people that were being impacted, Matt, by a Cambodia mission trip, uh, uh, the Grams and Ellingsworths by uh, by Argentina and uh, and Guatemala was it Howard uh, and uh, was the light that shines furthest shines brightest at home uh, and so yes you've gone and uh, God's light has shown uh, out in a global mission field and inevitably. Uh, it's got to be shining bright here in Memphis for us, there in Buenos Aires for Marcelo and his team. So uh, is there anything else that anyone would like to share before we close? Well, just, I, I'm, just, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, please, Howard. Just, just the humility Marcelo was saying. So why 
is a is a short term trip around the world to shine further, to be willing to go, to be to humble yourself and put yourself under anyone. We don't care when you get there where you're working in the mud, pl- planting bricks, or uh, in China serving work along uh, wealthy people. I've done both, but to put yourself in submission underneath for those seven days, and then to realize to realize when you get home, that's all of life. That God's in control. He's got it. If we'll submit ourselves to his will and the people he's appointed above us, um, in this case, and, and, and oh, this person's doing something good, I'll put myself underneath him and learn and listen and, and, and do what's asked and not worry about it. Uh, we're going to find out that all 82 of our years or 46 of our years or 102 of our years are just the same as those seven days because we're not from here. Uh, we're from heaven. and God is putting us all back together, uh, one piece of uh, trusting him at a time. I, I got something I want to add. Good, that's good, Howard. And, and if we are all born again believers of Jesus Christ, you know, it, it you know, it, it, this shouldn't come down to, to, to color. You know, yes, God see color because he's God. He see color. He made me a black man and made you guys the race you are. But this all come down to the Great Commission, all taught ethnic, all nation, making disciples, submitting under his leadership, on his lordship, and submitting ourselves under the lordship and continue to do the work of the ministry no matter where we go or where we are. So we have to remember that. That doesn't matter if it's Willie, if it's whoever, that when God puts you in that position to submit yourself under that leadership, to humble yourself, to do his work in his ministry, you have to do a Luke 9, deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow him and do what the will of God says to yeah, and, and Chad, I would just say that um, going back to what I initially learned on that first mission trip and what Marcelo, Willie, and Howard just reiterated that it's one gospel, one cross. And uh, for good reason, we have world missions and local missions at, at second, but it really boils down to one gospel and one cross.